This is the Return of the Empire podcast, episode number four. I am Jay Mars, joined as always by Sacktown Sports is resident 49ers expert, Emil Fergoso. Emil, I know you want to forget week three, but we have to talk about it. Yeah, we got to talk about was it your first moment where you're watching that yeah, horrific game and you're like, man, I'm really happy I'm being paid to cover this team and not <laughs> to watch this on my own volition? Oh, let me tell you, that was going down in history for me as one of the worst Sunday Night Football games I've ever seen. So it's hard to make you know an exact comparison, right? Because we don't have exactly a list of worst Sunday Night Football games, nor is there any real objective way to look at it. But yeah. I'm going to tell you this much. As a 49er fan, I can't remember a primetime game that was that bad. I mean, and I'm talking about obviously watching the team lose several primetime games over the years. I just meant the overall atrocious play on the field. It was just (laughs) terrible play from both offenses, really. Give credit to the defenses. Give credit to the special teams. Yeah. I mean, especially especially the the, the boom and onion Mitch uh, Wisnowski for the 49ers got that big contract and he had a good time. Seven punts on the day. Dude, I feel like the, uh, and I I saw this going around on social media that entire game, like the punters should have been the ones that truly got paid quarterback money for those games. You saw the Eli Manning thing. Yes. Russ responded, and uh, well, you know, I got a couple wins over Chad Powers. Yeah, and I don't really want to spend too much time uh, talking about Russ and the Broncos, but for over three games, Russ has not looked good. No. And I'm not sure how much of that is on Russ versus Nathaniel Hackett is just not a good coach, and I think that's pretty evident after three games. The yeah. Everyone's calling the Bears the most fraudulent 2-1 team in football. I think the Broncos right now are kind of sitting in the back of the classroom, like slowly raising their hands like, don't forget about us. They really should be 0-3, if we're being honest. Right. They should be 0-3. They but, shouldn't have won the Houston game. No, and I feel like, you know, the Raiders are the only 0-3 team right now. I feel like the Raiders are a much better team than the Broncos right now. Oh, absolutely they are. They're just <laughs> incredibly unlucky. Incredibly unlucky, and, well, you can look at Josh McDaniels, uh, McDaniels, excuse me, and so there's some interesting play calling late in the game First-year head coaches. <laughs> yeah. Well, first-year, you know, he's a second I don't know. Can we call him second-year coach? I mean, he had that year in Denver that was just so bad. He's a first-year head coach with the Raiders. True. Second tenure, but still first-year mm-hmm. head coach. This is Nathaniel's Hackett's first go-around. Through three games, not good. He had to hire a retired uh, coach just to come in and do game management. That's saying something. Well, game management is going to kind of be the theme here, especially when we talk yeah. about the quarterback play this past Sunday and looking forward. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time necessarily like breaking down Sunday's game. Anybody who watched that saw that that was a disaster. Yeah, it was a disaster from the fact that the 49ers lost Trent Williams on the line. Yeah, that right there, when you talk about having Jimmy G behind center, is just uh, that is astronomically bad. It's looking like he's going to miss four to six weeks. The quarterback play was garbage, and I know obviously a lot of that is. Again, people are just going to kind of come on and crap on Jimmy Garoppolo. I get it. He looked like crap. Mm-hmm. I thought Kyle Shanahan's play calling was abysmal on Sunday. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't great either. It just felt like a lot of forced throws and a lot of plays that he was trying to fit into tight windows that just weren't really working. And with Trent Williams out, that really hinders yeah. what they want to do on the offense. And we were talking about this before we hit the record button, was the idea that uh, you know Jimmy was like, ah, it feels like 2017 again. <laughs> Going with more of the air raid, and we both agreed like, Listen, I don't know how much more of a sample size anyone needs that if Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing the ball significantly more than you are rushing it, you are probably going to lose a football game unless you're playing inferior competition. Yeah, they scored seven points. 
They scored seven points. You can't count the, the kicker. That, that's that's Robbie Gold's right. territory. He's, they scored seven offensive points in a game of football. And the Denver Broncos, if I'm not mistaken, scored nine offensive points in a game of football. And you lost. Because, <laughs> because the quarterback gave up the safety that won them the game. But they could have lost by more because he threw a pick six in the same play. Oh, man. So actually it worked out. It worked, yeah, it, it worked out. out. I mean, you lose either way. It's just, you know... What, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the Orlovsky step out of bounds attached to you or the pick six right there? For my pride, yeah. I, I think it'd be the pick six. Oh, really? For the pride, I can't have Orlovsky because he's free now. Orlovsky is free of yeah. that, of that d- debacle of 15 years ago. It's yeah. now Jimmy Garoppolo's title. Right, and it's not like this happened to some backup QB. It's not like there was Brock Purdy out there, right? A nope. rookie quarterback, third string, and that happens. No, this is your guy. This is the one we all, you know, praise for leading the Niners to the Super Bowl, leading the Niners to the NFC title game two or three years. That's who it is. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, Orlovsky's right. Nobody's going to remember Orlovsky anymore because it's not like Orlovsky was any good. No. Jimmy Garoppolo is pegged by a lot of good people as a legit starting quarterback Above in the average NFL. average quarterback, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I was looking at some statistics, uh, both from this year and last year. And, you know, this year we have a small sample size. Mm -hmm. And I I can't preach this enough. If Shanahan goes away from running the ball, I don't care who is in the backfield. If you go away from running the ball with Jimmy G behind center, you are going to lose football games. Correct. It's that simple. So last year I just wanted to pull up. So the Niners lost seven games last year. The Niners averaged 95 yards. Rushing in those seven losses. All right. Funny enough, when you combine all the rushing yards total for those seven losses, the number was six six six. I'm just throwing. Yeah, let's that not. Out there. I'm just. I <laughs> no, just, no bad juju here in the studio. Throwing that out. No there. bad juju. <laughs> in ten wins last year, rushing yards per game average 150 yards. Yeah. It's very clear. <laughs> it's really clear. The the key to success of 49ers is running the football down the throat of their opponents. It, and when they need to control the clock, that that is the key to every single game. And in this game alone, they had ten less minutes of possession time to the Broncos. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. No, it, it is big, and that was a thing that really hurt that team last year, especially early on in the season when they got into that four game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Time of possession was an issue, and again, it's because Shanahan went away from the run. So let's uh, let's take the Bears game out aside because yeah. obviously the rushing was. You know, weather. Monsoon. Yeah. But you have two games so far. And again, this is a small sample size, sure. but we have to work with what we got. Sure. In the win against the Seahawks, yeah. they rushed for 189 yards on 45 attempts. Controlled the clock the whole game. Very simple. That's good. Sunday, 88 yards on 19 attempts. In a game where you are not down... Rushing the ball 19 times, even if it is with your backup running back out there, is unacceptable. That, to me, was the biggest issue I had with the play calling. You cannot rush the ball 19 times and expect to win with this offense. Especially because Jeff Wilson broke off that big 37-yarder in in, in the first quarter, and they looked really in business on that second drive. They were Mm -hmm. going efficiently, six plays, 75 yards, really, really quick offense. They looked really, really precise. So I really don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a monster situation, like the Space Jam at halftime. They stole the talent. I don't know what happened because no one had talent offensively after the, after the halftime. No, and they're not going to, especially again going back to you know Trent Williams getting hurt. Yeah. Now that line is super. It was already vulnerable before, especially in the middle. Now it's super vulnerable. Yeah. So you have a quarterback who is not known for his legs. I mean, I think he scrambled six total times last year for positive yards. 
And now you know it's going to collapse. This is yeah. a really good Denver defense. Why are you going to go away from what works best in that situation? That, to me, is, again, it's mind-boggling and yeah. why Shanahan... There's a lot of criticism right now that play calling. I think it's fair. No, it's absolutely fair. And well, I will give a little defense to Kyle Shanahan right here because you know it's hard to run the ball without your star left tackle who can literally get to the second level in like a second, in a second. It's super hard to run the ball. But he was trying to do more quick offense, more quick throw, quick slant stuff. Unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo looks like a quarterback that has shoulder surgery in March. He really yes. does. He looks like he is not 100%. Rusty for sure. Incredibly rusty. He looks like he didn't have a training camp, didn't have a playbook. And that's just what's happening right now. The lack of cohesion is there. Mm-hmm. And also, you're talking about a quarterback who, when the first option isn't there, really struggles to go to the second and third options yeah. within the offense. So if you're running quick plays like that and the first option is already covered, you're now asking him to think on his feet, which are not nimble, and you have an offensive line that's breaking down. You have pressure coming. It's a recipe for disaster, and you saw it on Sunday. Yeah. No, there were four misplays of Jimmy Garoppolo. Four plays was a downfall of 49ers. The first one, Debo on, on that on that route. That one to touchdown. me was the most egregious. Oh, I was <laughs> up in arms. Up in arms because he looked his way, way initially and then turned away. You saw it, it was single high safety. He was going over to the left side. Just lob him the ball. He's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. As well, next drive, next possession, Debo breaks another one on the on the left side, underthrows him. That could have been a walk-in touchdown right there. Yeah. Then takes a safety, then throws the pick. It's like, what else do you want from Jimmy Garoppolo? And we can't say that, you know, those problems would have been solved with Trey Lance. We don't know that. Don't know. But here's the going back to the initial thing, and we can kind of get into more of a macro level conversation right here, is these are the things we saw why Kyle Shanahan did not want to go forward with Jimmy Garoppolo. It was very obvious. Yeah. So two things. One, why are you still trying to do it? <laughs> Why are you still attempting to make these plays when you know this is not his yeah. forte? And number two, and this is kind of a discussion we got into um, on the Carmichael Dave show with Jason Ross uh, earlier this week, is it, it's hard to say because we don't know the moving parts. Yeah. But while we can say Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't the answer, hey, we don't know if Trey Lance is or was going to be. No clue. The way this team is built, I think the biggest thing right now is, and you've heard rumors that Aaron Rodgers wanted to come here. Mm -hmm. You've heard the rumors that Tom Brady was ready to come here, and apparently Jed York shut that down. So without knowing all those details, so we have to be fair to the parties involved here. I think more than anything, this just speaks really to the upper management, whether that's coming from ownership, whether that's John Lynch, whether that's Kyle Shanahan. Not going with a veteran quarterback. Instead, taking that huge poo-poo platter of picks and trading it for a number yeah. three pick for an unproven guy yeah. on a veteran team. Yeah. <laughs> this team is a win-now team. It really speaks of management, especially with the Brady and the, and the Rodgers. I think they were those, those fences could have been mended if they wanted to. Sure. But the, their whole slogan, FTTB, faithful to the Bay, the loyalty, all this great stuff, being a 49er for life. That's mm-hmm. great and all, but you know what's more important? Winning titles. Yeah, winning win is really good. With Tom Brady and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. You cannot with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's really, really proven right now. Right, and it's just, so now we're here. It's week four. We already have all these issues. The 49ers are one and two going into a matchup on Monday Night Football with the Rams, yep. who have had their own problems this year, but yeah. their problems don't seem to be the same as the 49ers. Nowhere near. This, to me, is, it's not a toss-up game. I think the Rams are going to win. Yeah. But now we're looking at a situation where we just kind of crapped all over Kyle Shanahan's coaching in the Denver game. This is where Kyle Shanahan thrives. Yeah. He thrives against the Los Angeles Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo has played very well against the Los Angeles Rams. 
the Rams on offense look like not a complete mess, but they're still getting their footing. Yeah. Um, but they're playing much better. Is this going to be another get-right game for the 49ers against L.A.? It needs to be. It, this is a win-now game for the 49ers. This really is a win-now game. They cannot start the season 1-3. and three. I personally think they will, but but they cannot start the season 1-3. and three. They have to. And if it's going to be a coach-off between Shanahan and, and Sean McVay, Shanahan's gotten the better of McVay in, in years past. It's, it's oh, for absolutely sure. possible. And McVay gets in his head sometimes. Both teams are really similar in terms of they're both struggling on running the ball right now. Mm-hmm. They're both missing some key components on, on the line. So we'll see what happens. It's, it's always a divisional game. Yeah, Henderson and Akers have not really been. I thought both of them were going to have a better season uh, in Los Angeles, but neither has really been much of a factor. I mean, I know Akers had a much better game in week three than he's had the last two weeks. But, but when I when I look at this matchup, this is really going to come down to the, and this is I think is going to be the theme for quite some time right now, the 49ers defense is going to have to win ball games for them. And they can. I 100% think they can. I mean, they held... They held them to nine points offensively. If you can't win a football game with nine points offensively from a Russell Wilson-led team, yeah. a quarterback that has 17 out of 21 wins over your organization in the last decade, you you don't deserve to win. Right. So if they can hold the Rams to four, to 17 or under, then I just got to do something about that and come away with the victory. And it looks like they're going to get Daniel Brunskill back this week, yep. which is going to be a major addition, especially when you have Aaron uh, Donald lining up on the other side of yeah. the ball. Yeah, he's going to be a real addition for them. He might play at center. He might not. We'll see what happens. Jake Brindell is still playing at that spot, um, at that center spot, as well as Burford's playing on the right side. Aaron Banks is playing on the left side. They want to get those young guys, those reps, and keep them in there. But having Bruns go back to be that swing tackle, that swing guard, is really, really bad for them, especially with Williams out. So with the addition of Brunskill, what to you is the key for really turning this offense around right now when you factor in, all right, quarterback situation not ideal, line situation not ideal, Running back situation, not ideal, but you still have some big weapons. You still have Brandon Ayuk. You still have Debo Samuel. Yeah. You still have George Kittle. What to you is the key right now with the components they have on offense to really get going? This might need to be Pop Warner football in terms of in terms of getting your star players the ball as quickly as possible. If you can get Debo Samuel the ball in space and let him work, go for it. Ayuk, same thing. Quick slants, quick anything like that. Right, obviously, running the ball is the key for the 49ers' victory. It's going to be a lot harder to do that, but they still will have a good lion's share, 15 to 20 touches easily mm-hmm. out of the backfield, including with Debo. Maybe on some jet sweep to Brandon Ayuk. We'll see. Going over what we had said, you know, with the 19 attempts versus Denver rushing, 45 attempts for Seattle, what to you is a good number that they need to be at from rushing the ball, whether that's Debo, whether that's Jeff Wilson Jr.? Uh, what to you is kind of that ideal number at this point? Depends on how they want to play this game, I think. I think if they want to hold possession, the goal is to have 25 to 30 carries. Yeah, uh, 30 was yeah. the magic number for me. Yeah. I, I kind of go in between that because I do want to be fair to Jimmy Garoppolo that he has had success passing against the Rams. Yes. You know, once you if you can contain Aaron Donald, I mean, he's going to break free and he's going to pressure the quarterback. That's just going to be a thing. Yeah. Outside of Jalen's Ramsey, I don't think that Rams secondary is super great. No. And Ramsey's going to have to focus in on, you know, Debo Samuel. Likely he'll have to also pick up George Kittle a lot. Yeah. I think this is the one game where Jimmy G can have a bounce back game. No, he could easily have a bounce back game. Two touchdowns or more is kind of what you want from him. And just leading that offense efficiently down the field is, is the goal. Just be a game manager. Be like Alex Smith. Just get the ball down the field and, and see where it takes you. Don't try to do too much like he was doing in the Denver game. Yeah, and I think part of it is I kind of understood why in the Denver game Kyle wanted to go to the quicker offense again. And I keep – I go back to last season, and you have to start doing the things that worked for you. Yeah. If you know, your running game you don't think is the same, you still have to run the ball. You still have to create those um, the idea that that is what is going to be the focal point of the offense. 
But the one thing they did really well last year that I think really hid Jimmy's deficiencies on offense Mm -hmm. and were kind of the reason why he had some inflated numbers, in my view, is he got the ball to the impact guys, Mm -hmm. Samuel, Kittle when healthy. Yep. Let them go to work. Don't try to find those guys for 20-yard, 25-yard strikes. It's just not going to be a thing. But if you can you know, scheme and get the ball to Debo within 5 to 10 yards and just kind of let him go to work on Mm -hmm. the Rams' defense, I think that is ultimately what is going to make the team successful. Exactly. They have playmakers in space. They can get touchdowns off of anything, off of any single play. They got three guys in Ayuk, Debo, as well as Kittle. Just get them the ball. That's the goal for Jimmy. Get them the ball and accurately. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, looking ahead, um, we talked about Daniel Brunskill being back from the hamstring injury. That's a big deal. With Trent Williams out, and we also have to remember uh, Shire's out. That's a big yes. deal on that defense. Yep. Aziz Al-Shair is out with an MCL sprain, looking similar to what to, uh, to other injuries they've had this year. About eight weeks, I would say so as well. Um, big, big loss for them on, on the interior uh, linebacker court. Yeah, for sure. And we spent some time already on Williams, so I don't want to go too in-depth on that. But with Shire, how do you see them? You know, Who do you feel needs to step up in his absence? Um, they have this guy, Marcelino McCray Ball. He is one of the fastest linebackers I've ever seen. This guy ran like a 4-3-5 at, at, at the combine for a linebacker. That's crazy. Um, he's incredi- incredibly fast, and he can just he's on the practice squad right now, but he's someone they really, really like during the preseason. I can see him stepping up and being elevated this weekend. Okay, so you have that, and then you know we're, we've been kind of swimming around in the negative waters this whole <laughs> podcast, I feel like. But some good news for the 49ers, Jason Verrett and Jimmy Ward look to be back in week five. Week five, yes. And that is already going to boost what has been a pretty solid secondary Mm -hmm. and kind of goes back to what we were saying now. The big thing I like with Ward and Verrett, though, that really gives you is that turnover threat. Yes. Because... With While the 49ers defense has been outstanding, I do think they're going to have to create more turnovers on that side of the ball mm-hmm. in order for this team to be successful. Absolutely. And you might see, they might, and I've been thinking about this all morning, is with, Hafa- with Hafanga and Gibson playing so well in that secondary, is Ward going to come back and play in the safety role? Or is he going to play a hybrid role as a blitzer? Is he going to play in the linebacker, sub-linebacker? Sub, sub they're going to have to tinker with it a little bit to see who fits there. Maybe Hufanga comes down and also plays that linebacker spot as well. Yeah, I was going to go more with, I think you might see a lot more Hufanga playing linebacker just because yeah. of his ability to do almost anything on that side Pretty of the much, football. Yeah. And I think D'Amico Ryans has to be salivating at the idea of kind of piecing guys together, as yeah. you were saying, and seeing what works because... He's a very good defensive coordinator, and now, you know, the more toys he has to play with, the better. Yeah, no, he is a absolutely fantastic defensive coordinator. The Niners have said it all offseason, end of this year, how surprised they were. He didn't get picked up by someone else to be a head coach or anything like that. They're just thrilled to have him back. And this team really follows him and, and watches his leadership and really sees him as a not only as a coach, but also a big brother because he played in the NFL right. for so many years and at an elite level for so many years as well. And it's really hard to find guys that have played at an elite level that can also basically coach mm-hmm. at an elite level as well. I think there usually is a disconnect with guys that are elite yeah. on the coaching side of they're so used to being able to do it, yeah. and it's hard for them to fathom when guys can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I think you get that disconnect, but but D'Amico Ryans doesn't have that disconnect. No. He has that defense in lockstep, and so 
I agree. I, I don't know if D'Amico Ryans will be back next year, not because he's not a great coordinator, but because somebody's going to be looking to pick up a head coach with a defensive mentality. Exactly, and you spoke on the lack of you know cohesiveness between elite talent, former elite talent, to, to current players. Mm-hmm. The Niners don't have that problem because they have no. elite talent. Yes. <laughs> They're all and elite. Yeah, that's the other side of it, too, is everyone forgets, like, I think people expect, oh, you get an elite coach in there, it'll turn everything around. No, no you still need elite players this, <laughs> on the field. This unit is elite. I mean, Samson... Ubacom, one of their backup defensive ends, he's top five right now in, in run-stop rate. Backup defensive end. Backup <laughs> defensive end. Okay, he's not Drake Jackson, their, their, their first-round rookie. No. It's just some guy they picked up. For all the uh, for all the things we can point out about the offense and where they've made mistakes, that is one thing John Lynch has done very well yeah. is find elite talent on the defensive side of the ball. Not too shocking from a Hall of Fame safety. No, not too shocking <laughs> from a Hall of Fame organization. Yeah. <laughs> this has been the Return of the Empire podcast. Again, the 49ers taking on the Rams Monday Night Football. You can catch that game. Uh, uh, nope, we don't have that. We have the Kings game. Sorry, you can't catch that game on Sacktown Sports. But I'm sure 49ers fans will be watching the game. Emil, I know you will be covering the game, so best of luck. Have fun out there. Thank you, guys. And go Niners. Go Niners.